You're listening to Amazing Discoveries Audio. This is The Struggle is Real, Episode 9 with Loami Richardson. Welcome to Amazing Discoveries. My name is Loami Richardson, Evangelist for Soul Outreach, and we are in a series entitled The Struggle is Real. And today we're going to be discussing step number six in our seven steps to completion. But before we begin today's step, we're going to go quickly review the steps that we have covered before. Step number one in God's part, because there is God's part in our part as we cooperate in the plan of salvation. What God does is that he draws us with his love. Our job is to not resist his drawing. Once we come to the cross and we come to him, we are then convicted of our sin, of righteousness, and a judgment to come. Not so that God can show us and reveal to us how bad we are, but, that, so, but so that way you and I can understand our need of him. Then our job is to acknowledge our guilt and ask for his righteousness. Then not only does he give us his righteousness, but he also gives us the gift of repentance, the ability to turn away from that life of sin. Then our job is to confess and forsake their sins and to give him our hearts. Once we do that, Christ says, he says he will forgive us, he will cleanse us, he will regenerate us and free us to live a life that is sanctified and holy to him. Our job then is to believe it and to accept it. Then once we believe and accept, Christ says he will dwell in you and in you and I to enable us to be able to live a life that is empowering, that represents Christ and his character. And then our job is to live by his fruits and to bear the power that is demonstrated within. So today's topic, we're going to be discussing that in those moments where we are tempted, that Christ will make a way of escape. But before we begin, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord, we just want to thank you again for the opportunity to be able to study your word. And Lord, I pray that your son, Jesus Christ, may be uplifted, that all men, women, and children may be drawn unto you. Hide me behind the cross. Give me the words from on high. For we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And so in step number six, we are going to be discussing that Christ will make and help us when we are tempted and make a way of escape. I want you to notice what 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 states. Here hath no temptation taken to you, but as such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So we see that every temptation that every human being has faced, uh, that has ever endured in planet Earth, all throughout the existence of this Earth history, is not common. It's common. Everyone has gone through some sort of temptation. Whatever temptation you may be facing, whatever temptation I may be facing, someone else in this world history has gone through the same temptation. But understand that the promise is that God is faithful, that he will never allow you to be tempted more than what you can bear. But in reality, he makes a way to escape that temptation. I want you to notice what I heart calling page 323 states. Our heavenly father measures and weighs every trial before he permits it to come upon the believer. He considers the circumstances and strength of the one who is to stand under the proving and test of God. And he never permits the temptations to be greater than the capacity of resistance. If the soul is overborne, the person's overpowered, this can never be charged to God. So understand that when we are tempted, our Heavenly Father measures it. 
He weighs it. He even considers the circumstances and then he permits us to go through it. And so brothers and sisters understand that if we fall into that temptation, it isn't because that temptation was too heavy for us to bear. Christ measured it. He tried it. He made sure that the circumstances fit, that if we are tempted, Christ says that you are able to bear it. So if we ever fall into temptation or we fall into sin, we can never blame that on God. But I want you to notice what the quotation states. But the one tempted was not vigilant and prayerful and did not appropriate by faith the provisions God had abundantly in store for him. Christ never failed a believer in his hour of combat. The believer must claim the promise and meet the foe in the name of the Lord. So understand that Christ measures it, he tries it, he weighs it, and he permits it to happen. And if you and, if you and I decided to fall into that temptation, we can never say, well, the Lord, that temptation was too great for me to bear. And, but the reason why we fail is because we have not taken that time out to flee to Christ, to pray and to beg that he may deliver us from that temptation. You see, when you are a true believer, you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. And he is also will make a way of an escape. But we must take his way of escape. Otherwise, Christ cannot help us. See, when I first understood what it really meant to be a Christian, I fully surrendered all of my heart to God and my heart sins. And in those moments where I was tempted to lust, in those moments where I was tempted to lie, when it felt so overbearing, I either had one or two choices. I could either cave into that temptation or I can remember, wait, Christ measured it, he weighed it, he tried it, and he gave it to me, and he promised me that there's a way of escape. And in those moments where I say, Lord, Help me find the way that you have provided for me to escape that temptation. He always comes through 10 out of 10 times. Brothers and sisters, you and I can have victory over the temptations in our lives because Christ measures it. He considers the circumstances before he gives it to us. And he's already given us a way of escape. He has made this walk as easy as possible. You and I can have victory, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ. Notice what Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21 states. And thine ear shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. This is why you and I must hear the small voice of Jesus. As we are tempted, you will hear God's small, still, small voice whispering to you, My child, calm down. My child, pray. My child, take a deep breath. I'll gather your thoughts. Christ will lead you in a way that will allow you not to fall into temptation. I want you to notice what Heavenly Places, page 27 states. As soon as we incline our will to harmonize with God's will, the grace of Christ stands ready to cooperate with the human agent. As soon as I say, Lord, I don't want to fall into this temptation and my will automatically connects with God's will, there it is that Christ is willing to cooperate with you and I. But you see, it is our choice whether or not we want to choose God's way of escape when we are tempted or whether or not we want to choose whether or not we should fall. You see, Bible Commentary Volume 7 says, if the voice of Jesus is not heeded at once, it becomes confused in the mind with a multitude of other voices. In other words, in that moment where we are tempted, when we know that this is a sin that's going to separate us from God at that moment, what happens is that when we ignore the voice of God, all of a sudden we start compromising. All of a sudden we start hearing other suggestions. In other words, we'll start doing things like, 
Well, I know my friend that listens to this music and seems like the Lord is blessing him. Well, you know, I know, I know the elder, he eats this type of food and, and he's prospering in his business. And, and, and we'll start listening to other opinions and our minds become confused with other thoughts when in that moment Christ is telling us, listen, this is a temptation and if you fall, it will separate you from me. But once we ignore that voice, all of a sudden we start hearing other thoughts other opinions. I know if you, I know I've gone through it. I'm sure you have as well. Well, we sit there and we compromise and we try to say, well, it's not that bad, right? But so I want you to notice what happens, uh, what it states here that I may know him, page 361. We want to become so sensitive to the holy influences that the lightest whisper of Jesus will move our souls. This is why the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. We must remove every distraction and, uh, and ultimately uh, allow ourselves to train our ears to hear the voice of God speaking to the soul. Sons and Daughters, page 211 states that allow no taunts, no threats, no sneering remarks to induce you to violate your conscience in the least particular and thus open a door whereby Satan can come in and do what? And control the mind. Don't let any other person uh, 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 convince you that the temptation that you are facing at that moment is going to be okay if you fall into it. Let your mind and our hearts be connected to Christ. Let us hear that still small voice so that way we do not allow Satan to come in and control our mind. You see, this is why at the end of the day, brothers and sisters, no one is going to have an excuse why they will be lost. You see, even those who are unbelievers know that deep in their heart, there are certain things that they know that is wrong for them to do. This is why we, all, we always use a cliche verse that sin is a transgression of God's law, which is true. But the book of James talks about sin as something much more personalized. It says for you to know to do good and, to you, and for you not to do it, to you, that is a sin. So there may be things that the Lord has convicted me on that he may not have convicted you on that he says, if I fall into this temptation, to me, it is a sin. This is why Testimony to the Church, Volume 5, states the following. Conscience is the voice of God. Understand that our conscience is the voice of God. How many of us have ever said, man, my conscience just doesn't sit right with me? I know what I'm watching is not right for me to watch or what I'm eating is not the right thing for me to eat or what I'm doing is not the best thing for me to be doing. You see, even those who are not followers of Jesus, Christ has put a conscience in their minds. And what we're seeing here is that the conscience is simply the voice of God. And so when we ultimately sneer our conscience, what we're ultimately doing is grieving the voice of God. Notice what it continues to say. Conscience is the voice of God. Heard amid the conflict of human passions, when it is resisted, the Spirit of God is grieved. So, brother, if you learn anything from this presentation, know that your conscience is the voice of God. So if you feel like there's something that's bothering your soul and your spirit, that your conscience is not allowing you to sleep at night, understand that is the voice of God speaking to you. And we see from the Bible in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, it states, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Your conscience is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, telling you this is what you're doing is leading you away from Christ. Do not grieve my voice. You see, the Holy Spirit will do the following according to Fundamentals on Education, page 124. The Holy Spirit will compel men to take a certain course of action. We are free moral agents. Christ has given us the ability to choose whatever path we want to go. 
The Holy Spirit will tell you that you're going down the wrong uh, direction, but he's not going to force you to make the right decision because we are free moral agents. And when sufficient evidence has been given to us as to our duty, it is left with us to decide our course. You see, Christ is going to ultimately convince us and convict us of the things that we may not be doing right. Even if I'm not a believer, my conscience in, it, the, 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 my conscience in reality is the voice of God. And as I'm listening to my conscience, my conscience is telling me, maybe you shouldn't lie in, on this test. Maybe you shouldn't cheat on your spouse. Maybe you shouldn't do any of these things that your conscience is not allowing you to do. But you see, the Holy Spirit will compel you not to do it. But because we are free moral agents, because we are free to choose whatever course we want to go, he will give us enough evidence as to why the decision you're about to make is a wrong one and then ultimately lead you to decide whether you're going to choose the path that Christ has led you to, to take, which is a path of less, uh, the path that leads to everlasting righteousness or a path that leads to destruction. This is what Christ is doing. And so this is a God's part. Christ makes a way of escape that when we are tempted, we take that way of escape. But brothers and sisters, what is our part? Our part is to simply take God's way of escape and in those moments of temptation, submit to him. So that's what we're going to be discussing now. Our part is to take God's way of escape and submit completely to him. Notice what James chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 says. Submit yourselves therefore to God. So the first thing that we must do is do what? We must submit to God. Then after we submit to God, we then resist the devil. And then what would the devil do? He will flee from you and I. Draw close to God or nigh to God, and he will draw nigh or draw close to you. So the very first thing that we must do when we are tempted is to first submit to God. Say, Lord, I am tempted to go against your will. Lord, I am tempted to fall into this temptation, whether it be lust, whether it be lying, whether it be cheating. Lord, I am tempted. But at this moment, I'm claiming the promise that whatever you say, uh, whatever your word says, I'm holding true to it. Lord, I know that your word says that no temptation is a common to man, but you are faithful to deliver me. And so, Lord, I'm claiming that promise. Once we submit to him, the devil is then, he comes, we resist him because we're holding on to God. He flees. And as we draw close to God, God in return draws close to us. Notice what Desire of Ages, page 131 says. Jesus gained the victory. How did Jesus gain the victory? He gained the victory through submission and faith in God. And by the apostle, he says to us, submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. So understand that the victory that Jesus obtained here on earth is the same victory that you and I can possess as well. See, Jesus gained the victory by in those moments of temptations, he submitted to the father, believed in the father's promises. And in those moments of holding on to the word of God is when he was able to resist the devil and the devil had no other job, uh, no other choice, but to flee from him. And we see that in Matthew chapter four, when Satan is tempting Christ, Christ combated Satan with the promises of God. And he, Satan got so, so witty that he says, well, I'll combat scripture with scripture. But when he held on to God's word, when Jesus understood the context and understood the promises, Satan had no other choice but to ultimately leave Jesus at peace. So that is the key to our success. But it continues. We cannot save ourselves from the tempter's power. He has conquered humanity. And when we try to stand in our own strength, we shall become a prey to his devices. But the name of the Lord is a what? It is a strong tower. The righteous runneth unto it and it is safe. 
Satan trembles and flees before the weakest soul who finds refuge in the mighty name. Understand what we just read here. We can have victory over every temptation in our lives. You see, Satan has conquered humanity. We are inclined to fall into sin because our nature desires to do what we want to do. But when we, uh, when we uh, call out on the name of the Lord, his name is a strong tower. Lord, I'm being tempted. Save me from this temptation. I don't want to lust. I want to have a pure heart. Lord, I don't want to cheat. I want to be honest and pure and true. At that moment, Satan trembles. Understand that the, that the host of hell, brothers and sisters, Satan and his angels trembles at the weakest soul who claims the promise of Jesus Christ. That is the power of prayer. That is the power that you and I can possess as long as we submit and connect to Jesus. This is why 2 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9 says that the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. He knows. There's another promise you can write down. God knows how to deliver his people out of temptation. We have to simply trust and abide that he will find a way of escape. And we already know that he already found a way of escape. He has measured and tried every temptation before, he's given it, before he gives it to us. Our job is to simply claim his promise, submit to him, and we know that Christ will do the rest. Notice what Acts of the Apostles, page 482 states. Human effort of itself is not sufficient. So there is an element of effort that you and I must uh, uh, partake in and what we must do. But without the aid of divine power, it avails nothing. God works and who else works? Man works. So it's God's power, man's cooperation together allows us to have victory over sin. Resistance of temptation must come from man who draws power from God. It concludes. God wishes us to have the mastery over ourselves, but he cannot help us with our consent and cooperation. So that is our part. We say, Lord, my heart desires to fall into this sin, but because I know that sin separates me from you, I'm asking you, please give me victory over this temptation. I'm giving you consent for, to, uh, to, I'm giving you permission and I'm giving you consent to allow me to leave this temptation and cling on to you and your promises. Then as we do that, the divine spirit works through the powers and the faculties given to man. See, our job is to simply submit our will to God. At those mo in those moments when we are tempted, we must cooperate. And in the moment of cooperation and saying, Lord, I am desiring to fall into this lustful act, but... You promised me victory. You said you can give me a clean heart, a pure heart, a heart that will not desire after earthly and, uh, and lustful things. And so because you have promised, I am now giving you permission to give me a heart that will cling to your word, that will allow me to be pure in this moment where my mind desires to be unpure and unclean. And so God says, well, since you gave me permission, I come, I give him authority, and then he gives me the power to have victory over that temptation. So how can he work in us if we are not allowing him to do it? You see, as soon as we incline our will to harmonize with God's will, the grace of God stands ready to cooperate with the human agent. Oh man, that's, uh, I hope you're hearing this and saying amen to yourselves. As soon as we say, Lord, I want to do your will, not mine. As soon as we harmonize God's will with ours, Christ is standing there, standing between us and the temptation. Christ is ready to cooperate with you and I as soon as we submit to him. 
You see, Christ's Object Lessons, page 157, states that in the whole satanic force, there is not power to overcome one soul who is simple trust, casts himself on Christ. The whole satanic forces, brothers and sisters, there is no power to overcome not even one weak soul if we simply trust in Jesus. That is the power of prayer. That is the power of claiming his promises. Understand that sometimes we are fearful of the devil and rightfully so. We are afraid of what he can do. We've seen stories and movies of how, how, how these demons possess people and, and it's ugly and, and it's hideous looking, right? Those stories when we see what, devil, what the devil can do when he possesses a soul. But understand that those forces has no power over you when you simply submit and put your trust in Jesus Christ. You can make the devil and all of the angels in hell tremble when you would come down on your knees and say, Lord, I'm being tempted to go outside of your will, but at this moment, I submit to you to do the work that I cannot do on my own. The devil and his angels tremble. That's power. That's the type of power I want. How about you? So we understand that once we sense a temptation, we should quickly submit ourselves to God. He will then work in us whatever is needed for us to have the victory. You see, the angels of God will surround us during those moments of temptation and ultimately give us the power that is needed. This is why Review and Herald states the following. Around every tempted soul, there are angels of God ready to lift up the standard of righteousness if the tempted one will only show a spirit of resistance to evil. You see, even our desire to resist what our hearts desire is something that God gives to us. We are naturally inclined to do what we want to do. We want to sin and we want to do it a lot. I mean, we want to do it endlessly. But when we have a desire to say, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. Understand that is God working in you. Understand that that is the struggle of life coming into a dead corpse, wanting to do something that Christ will ultimately please and honor God. You see, the angels are willing to help you in those moments of temptation as long as we just show a simple resistance of evil. Nope, not today. Nope, I fell into this sin last time. I'm not falling in, it, uh, falling in this sin today. I'm submitting to God and by his grace, by his faith in his word and me clinging onto that promise, I will have victory. Understand that all we have to do is to show just a spirit of resistance and there we can have victory brothers and sisters notice how do we do that it is by faith and prayer all may meet the requirements of the gospel everything that the gospel requires is simply for you to believe and to pray those are the two things have faith in the promises of God have faith that he can do what he says he can do and pray and that will ultimately all that's all that is needed in order for us to meet the requirements of the gospel no man can be forced to transgress. Satan can't tempt you. I mean, he can tempt you, but he cannot force you to fall into sin. You see, his own consent must first be gained. You see, when we are tempted, we give permission whether to God to take away that temptation and to give us victory, or we submit to Satan and say, well, do as you, feel, do as you please. No one can force you to fall into sin. You and I have a choice whether or not we fall into sin or we can have victory from that sin. We must give a consent to either God or to Satan as to which, choice, uh, which path we're going to choose. You see, his own consent must be first gained. The soul must purpose the sinful act before the passion can dominate over reason or iniquity triumph over conscience. Temptation 
however strong, is no excuse for sin. Why? Because Christ measures every sin. He considers the circumstances. He weighs it. He measures it. He tries it. And he never gives us anything more that we can't bear. It's almost like he gives us, uh, allows us to max out on our reps, but he gives us the extra put, uh, uh, push so that way we can max out. Christ is never going to give us more weight than when we can bench press or curl, whichever exercise you like to choose. But this is why there's never, a tempt, uh, there's never a, an excuse for falling in temptation because Christ measures it. He considers the circumstances. He says, listen, you can bear it. All you have to do is submit to me and I will allow you to have victory if you give me permission. You see, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. Cry unto the Lord, tempted soul. Cast yourself helpless, unworthy upon Jesus and claim his very promise. And what is the promise? His promise says that the Lord will hear. Just simply cast yourself. Lord, I cannot have victory over this sin. I am unworthy of your grace and your love. I need your help. You said that those who come to you humble themselves and before you and pray that you will hear my cry. And so, Lord, I'm asking you, please deliver me from this body of death. Who can save me? For I cannot save myself. And the promise is that the Lord will hear. Oh, brothers and sisters, he knows how strong are the inclinations of the natural heart and he will help in every time of temptation. He knows what we go through. He knows that our natural hearts are inclined to go against his will. But if we simply submit to him, if we simply say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I consent in going, following your plan and not my own plans. I continue to fall into sin and I realize it gives me heartache and pain. And I want to be joyful and have peace that passes all understanding. So at this moment, Lord, please help me in my moment of temptation. And every single time that we cry out that prayer, Brothers and sisters, the Lord will hear. He will help us every single time we are tempted. Are you weary? Do you feel like you can't continue to go on? You see, the Bible states that a righteous man falls seven times. And I ask myself, well, why is a righteous man continue to fall? How is he righteous? Well, the reason why is because he gets back up. He continues to get back up from his fall. You see, Christ says that in, in 1 John chapter 1, that he writes these things that we do not sin. His desire is for us not to fall into sin. But if we do sin, we have an advocate. We have an intercessor in heaven that will forgive us, not only forgive us, but he will empower us to be, be able to have victory over that sin. Are you weary today? Are you tired of stumbling and falling? Christ says he will pick you back up. He says he will help you down the path that you need to go. Oh, weary soul, Jesus says he can give you rest. Oh, weary soul, if, you're, if your heart is struggling, he says he can give you peace. Just simply cling on to him. And as you cling to him, Christ says that he will lift the burdens, that he will give you peace that passes all understanding, that he has already made a way of escape for you to be able to flee that temptation and not fall into it. Jesus loves you. He doesn't want you to deal with the consequences and, uh, of sin. He understands that sin only brings hurt and death and pain. And he doesn't want you to experience that. He wants you to experience joy, happiness, and peace. A, a, a mind that, uh, uh, that, that, that only dwells on heavenly things that are not focused on the consequences of what sin may do in our lives. He wants to give us victory over those sins. So if you feel like you're falling too many times, the Lord says, hold my hand. I will put you over my shoulders. I will carry you through. But do you believe that he can do it? 
Do you believe that Christ has a power to lift you back up from this pits of sin and give you a way of escape the next time you're tempted? If so, if you believe that, let's conclude that decision with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for your love, for your grace, and for your mercy. And Lord, we realize that you are a merciful and loving God. You have set out this path for us to have success. For you have measured and weighed and even considered our circumstances before, you, uh, uh, before temptation allows to come to us. But Lord, we know that if we submit to you, that we can have victory over every temptation that we face. And so Lord, we claim that victory. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, we claim victory in our lives today. Lord, if we have fallen, let us be reminded that you are willing to pick us back up and that allow our souls not to be weary anymore. For you will carry our burdens and you said that you will carry us through. We love you. We thank you for we ask this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. If this episode impacted you, please share it with others. Amazing Discoveries is a donor-supported ministry. To help us keep producing content like this, visit AmazingDiscoveries.org. And, as always, you can find the visual presentation of this episode on ADTV.watch.